Talhi, thank you very much for being here from High Point Networks, uh, talking about cybersecurity this week because it is such a prominent conversation. So impacting really everybody, including the business owner. So Tom, you and I left off really talking about your assessment, bringing people into companies, helping them assess their situation. What are some of the more common problems you're seeing right now in our area? Well, I think that uh, from an assessment perspective, let's start with a, an answer to maybe just a slightly different question. I think the, the visible challenges that are occurring are still, there's still too much ransomware. There's, you talked about it earlier in the segment in North Dakota, we have the, one of the highest rates of, of ransoms paid from any state based you know, per 100,000 people. Still a lot of ransoms and there's a lot of what we call credentials um, stealing or credentials Theft, I guess. Can I ask an ignorant question, and anyone jump in here, but what is ransomware, and why would you, man, or maybe you don't know this, but why does North Dakota have the highest payout per 100,000 citizens? Lynn, I think you had a really great perspective on this the other day as we were talking about just being Midwest nice, and, mm -hmm. and maybe Lynn would, would kind of expand on that a little bit. True, I think along with the highest payout, we also have one of the lowest attack vectors so they don't attack us as much but we pay out much more in the state of north dakota so is that because we are north dakota nice um you know if they, if they say hey i click here and change your bank account because we want to pay you differently we trust that it is coming from our hr department so we go ahead click that link ransomware comes in essentially what happens is um, they get on our network and they start looking around the network once they have some credentials uh, once they figure out what they want to take, they take that information and then they encrypt everything within your network that they touched. So you come and you see this ransomware screen oh on your computer that says, you have been ransomware, we want some Bitcoin, here's the link to contact us. Okay, you just made my blood pressure rise like 100 <laughs> points. So yeah. was that an actual possible example where the HR department, I could get an email, looks like it's my HR and- Every day. That's correct. What? Oh, every day. You, the worst, worst ones are, uh, this is from the, uh, your company name IT department. Mm -hmm. And it looks completely legit, but unless you take the time to look at it, unless, you're, unless your team, the people that work for your company, unless they know what to look for, there's a good chance they're just going to click on it and assume it's from yes. my IT department. That, that's how they do that, yes. So then I go in, and again, just please talk to me like I'm a fifth grader. I go in, assume I trust these people, put in some information, and then they do what, I'm sorry? They, they start encrypting everything, and now they, they hold my entire company ransom? I give you my username and password when I log into this fake web page that the link took me to. So IT link goes to a web page that is the bad actors are in control of and give them my username and password. So now they can jump on my network, the corporate network, with the username and password that I gave them. So if, if again, anybody answered this, then why do you think North Dakota is, why are we paying out? I guess that's my question. I think it's two things, and Lynn hit out on it already. I, think, well, I, I just think of myself, right? I don't want anybody to know that this happened to me, so I'm going to pay it. And more importantly, I don't want anybody that, I don't want anybody that releasing whatever information they took, I don't want anybody to be harmed from that, so I'm probably just gonna pay it. And the third thing is, in those cases of, of, of uh, I'm gonna call it smaller business where they don't, the, the, the actors really don't know what they have their hands on, you gotta remember, it's not about 
uh, of how much money they can extract out of you. It's a, it's, a, it's a quantity thing. How many of these can I run through without getting detected? So they're not trying to, people say all the time, why do hackers want my information? I'm just gonna tell you they don't. They could give a flying rip about your information. What they want is to know how much your information is worth to you. Can get on the marketplace. Right. Mm -hmm. Fascinating, so when you say they're paying this money out, who's paying this money out, number one, or number two, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in North Dakota, wasn't it like $3 million per, so in other words, getting yes. a consultation with High Point Networks, I can save myself a lot of money, yes? Well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's actually also be clear about this. Uh, there, I don't think there's anything out there that's 100%. We w anybody who tells you that they can, be, they can help you be 100% safeguarded from any of this stuff, uh, I don't believe that. All we can do is help you get in a position to protect yourself as best you possibly can and also be in a position of what do I do if this happens? And I'm just gonna go far enough, I'm gonna go so far that I'm probably gonna have people be mad at me over this. A, a better way to think of it is, what do I do when this happens? Mm -hmm. So to back up for a second, who's paying the, is it the CEO or just the company of itself that's paying the ransomware? Or is it the individual that got hacked or who, who's typically paying? Hopefully you have cyber insurance that will cover ransomware. So every business needs to have cyber insurance, check your policies, make sure that they cover ransomware because not all of them do. Does your consultation help me go through my insurance policy? To we can that? go through your insurance policy. We do talk about things like that during, the, during our assessment, yes. Okay, one other thing too I want you to touch upon is a, a pen test. What is that exactly? And what's between a pen test, I think you said, and a vulnerability assessment? Correct. We like to do both. Pen test is the buzzword of the industry. You know, if you have a board, they say, hey, we need a pen test. I heard that my company had a, needs a pen test. Um, so a penetration test maybe is not where you're at. You're going to start with a vulnerability assessment. You need to scan your network first, find your vulnerabilities, remediate those vulnerabilities. Then let's talk about a penetration test. If you already know things are, there are holes in your network, don't do a penetration test if you already know they're there. Let's do the vulnerability assessment. Use your money wisely. Plug those holes. We'll do a penetration test later. And that's where, let's say I'm the CEO of a bank or a company, you guys come in, you do this assessment, we're going to check on my vulnerabilities first. Then once we do that, then we do this pen test to figure out where there's possible. The penetration test really has a goal. What are your crown jewels? What do you really not want the bad actors to get to? And that's what our penetration testers are going to go after. So they will poke at your network from the outside, scan your firewall, see if they can get in. We'll send phishing emails to your users and see if they'll take the bait, give us credentials to get into your network. Once we get into your network, are we able to pivot to other systems? So if I can get your credentials, can I get into this room and control all of these cameras? Let me ask all of you this, because I hear this and I just go, man, what a racket, right? And if I'm the CEO of a company, like I want to be able to sleep at night and get this off my plate as quickly as possible. So talk about how you give people peace of mind. I'm just going to go down the road here and we'll start with you. Security is a cycle. That's how we get peace of mind. We're going to start with an assessment. We have to start with a plan. So let us come in, help you build a security plan. From that plan, you can do Steps one, two, three, high point networks can take care of steps four, five, six. Uh, we'll talk about research of future things that you need to look at. We talk about budgeting, what you need to budget for in the future or plan for. So we've got a plan. 
start implementing that plan. Once you've got the plan implemented, we need a vulnerability assessment. Where are the vulnerabilities within your network? Again, remediate those vulnerabilities. Spend your money wisely. Find the tools or the resources to start plugging those holes. Then we'll do a penetration test to see if those holes actually got plugged. If they did, we can't get to your crown jewels. Great. You know what? We're back to new security threats on the landscape. Let's take a look at that plan again. We're going to get to the new security threats later, but thank goodness for people like you. I want to remind our audience, if you will, just go to highpointnetworks.com forward slash security. That's where you can sign up for this consultation. Again, highpointnetworks.com forward slash security. Tom, as a CEO, I got to ask the question this way. What is it? What, what are you willing to pay for, or what does it mean to you as a CEO to have peace of mind? Uh, well, let me put it to you this way. This is, a, uh, I guess let me ask you this question. As a CEO of a fairly good-sized technology company that prides themselves in being, you know, kind of forefront in the cybersecurity world, the network security world, how do you think I would feel if we ended up getting ransomware and my information was exposed to the public? That would be one of those you said earlier. I don't want anybody to know. Just here, take yeah. my money, right? Well, but we're in a position where we would have to disclose that. Some yes. companies aren't, but we would be in a position where we would have to disclose that because we have agreements with a lot of different companies. So you talk about what keeps people awake at night. That, that keeps me awake at night because we're doing the exact same things that we're suggesting that, that you do based on the scale of, 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 based on your risk factors. Wow. Dean, peace of mind, what, 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 how important is that? What can you guys do to give people peace of mind? It's everything. And I really like how you posed that question because, you know, obviously we love technology. We, you know, have gone through the schooling and, and all of that and the certifications to become very technically sound. But at the end of the day, information security is about risk management. Just like you would, uh, you know, here at the studio, you'd have a facilities risk, you know, different risks as a part of enterprise risk management that you would manage uh, around your, your television business. You asked how much would you spend on controls, firewall, network access control, multi-factor auth, and stuff like that. That all, that all boils down to a probability of attack. And if an attack happens, what would the fallout of that be? The financial expense, the reputational uh, expense, and so forth. There's the governance that we also have to worry about. Are we aligning with what our statutory and regulatory requirements are about? So there's risk, governance, um, and then, you know, also, you know, you talked about how do we, you know, sleep at night. When we approach discussions with customers, that's one of our primary responsibilities is that we want to give them peace of mind. You know, what are you willing to pay for that? Well, what is your risk tolerance to come full circle? You'd mentioned multi-factor authentic authentication. Yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. so what is that exactly? How important is that? Sure. So we look at a lot of statistics that drive our conversations and drive the controls that we put in place. And kind of one of the catchphrases these days in regards to the pandemic, for example, is follow the science, you know, and do what the science says. The science says, put this control in place. It might be a mask. Uh, put this control in place, it might be a vaccine and so forth, and the science, you know, suggests how we might uh, implement those controls. The cyber uh, security science suggests today that most of the incidences and breaches that are taking place aren't really the result of a hacker doing something highly technical. What they're doing a lot of times is just stealing a credential and then logging on. So it's not like they're hacking in, 
They're just signing in. And a lot of that happens through uh, uh, you know, social engineering. Email attacks is what the data suggests. It also suggests that credentials are a large part, almost two-thirds of every attack involves some type of credential misuse. So if we have good email security in place, specific to your question, what is MFA? If we put in multi-factor authentication, that means I need to provide two pieces of evidence that prove that I am who I say I am. So that's why I've got a lot of people now that are saying, hey, we're going to send you a text and put in the yes, text code, right. and that's multi-factor. Okay, right. got it. That's exactly um, right. You also mentioned, and anybody jump mm -hmm. in here, please, on these, but you also mentioned social engineering. I was doing some homework on that. I, don't, I still don't totally understand. What do you mean by social engineering? What is that? Well, again, if you look at the science, the, the probability of getting some type of an email, the email being the vehicle, Receiving an email that drops a bad piece of software on your machine that can then harvest credentials or kind of give that bad actor a place to command and control your machine to pivot through your network and so forth, that's one means. Second means is that you might get an email message that provides a bad uh, website link out to a website that looks like you're authenticating to something, but really what you're doing is you're just giving up your credentials to a bad actor. But what is social engineering? It's basically using that email platform, if you will, to do con artist type of things that will eventually lead to an incident or, or breach. Um, In addition. Yeah, I was gonna say, wouldn't social engineering also, mm -hmm. also be as simple as uh, keeping your uh, all your passwords sitting out on sticky notes on your computer? Or is that a different, or is that a different terminology? It's social and physical. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because, mm -hmm. I mean, think about it for a second. I mean, how many of us have done that in the past? Oh, where you guilty. Have, yeah. You know, all your passwords are on sticky notes. Sure. Well, if somebody's in your office, they can take a picture of that, and mm -hmm. there you go. But yeah. Social engineering is the bad actor attempting to get you to do something that is going to give the bad actor gain. So whether it's a phishing email, whether it's wandering into your office and seeing passwords, whether it's a vishing, I'm gonna give you a call and say, hey, this is the Social Security Administration. I need your Social Security number to verify who you are. Um, it could also be, uh, we do pretexting. So uh, printers are an awesome vector to get into your network. So if we have an on-site, uh, our engineer will simply call the front desk that morning and say, hey, your printer produced an error. I'm going to come and take care of that error. I'll be there in about a half an hour. Can you just make sure that I can get in and get to your printer? Really? We in the Midwest, we want to help. And so when that person comes in and says, oh, I'm here to work on your printer, we say, oh, I already know you. Yes, come on, here's our printer. I think just my blood pressure just goes up.